on, give him, give him, give him a great hand praise. Amen. The Lord is pouring out his spirit in a tremendous way. I'm reading from Isaiah chapter 60, verse 22. Isaiah 60, verse 22 in the New King James Version. It reads like this. A little one shall become a thousand and a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. And I want to talk to you a little bit this morning on what I tried to talk to you a little bit last week. Somebody shout, now is the time. Look at your neighbor and say, now is the time. Come on, say it with a little more boldness. Say, now. How about you folks in the balcony? Middle, middle balcony. To the right. Oh, that's pretty weak up there. Everybody's. Well, we got some fire over here to the right. Everybody, now in concert. Now that is something to work with, Tim. Can you get the choir to behave like that? You hope so? Everybody say, now is the time. Now clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to tell somebody this morning for just a few minutes that around the world, not only in Modesto, but in faraway places, in hamlets, in villages, on mountainsides, up in the Philippine jungle, that God is pouring out His Spirit in the last days. I want to tell you, it as the waters cover the sea from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean, from the Algean Sea over to every Mediterranean Sea, that the Spirit of the Lord, I feel a spirit of prophecy on me right now. The Spirit of the Lord is hovering like He did in the book of Genesis. The Bible said he brooded over, he havad, he hovered over the face of the waters, and out of nothing came something. God began to pour out his spirit, and where there was no life and no hope and no peace, God's spirit hovered over it. I tell you, in the last days, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of what's going on even in the Middle East as we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. God's Spirit is being poured out in the last days on the earth. He said it was going to happen. He said, he said it was going to happen. This is that that was spoken of by the prophet Joel, saying, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Oh, somebody ought to be excited. Somebody ought to be excited that God is pouring out of his spirit in the last days. Anybody want that? 
Is there anybody in the balcony that wants that? Is there anybody that wants God to pour out his spirit on us in the last day? Is there anybody down front that wants the spirit of the Lord to be poured out in greater measure? Greater, greater, greater. And I believe now is the time. I believe the day and the hour in which we're living. I don't believe, we talked about it on Wednesday night. I don't believe that it's coincidence. I'm not a eschatology major, but I will tell you, anytime you see these things happen, Jesus said, when you see the army surround Israel, you need to lift up your head and your eyes because your redemption is closer than it has ever been before. You got you to gotta lift up your eyes. Don't get your eyes distracted on what, what is here and what is now and what is temporary and what is passing, but get your eyes on the eternal time clock of God. I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that Israel is God's time clock. And just like I said on Wednesday night, it's interesting to me that all of the media and all the, the social pundits and all of the media is all of a sudden is turning on Israel. I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, don't make the mistake to turn on Israel right now. You need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. This prophecy in, I, in Isaiah is exactly that about Israel. A small one shall become a strong nation and a little one shall become a thousand. He said, I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. God said, when it's my time, there's no plan that can stop it. You can't overturn it. You can't undo it. You can't hijack it. When God gets ready to do something in your life, it doesn't matter what anybody has spoken against you. It doesn't matter how long you've been in trouble. It doesn't matter who your mama is. I'm preaching to somebody. Who your daddy is. It doesn't matter any of those things. When God gets ready to bring you out, God is going to bring you out. God is going to lift you up and set your feet on a rock to stay. So look at your neighbor and say, you can't stop God. Can't stop it. You can't undo it. Once the Lord has purposed to bless you, nobody can stop it. Once God has, I feel like, I don't know, some of you sanctified people don't know what it's like to be in trouble. Some of you sanctified people forgot just what it was, just what you looked like. Well, I know you just sent it to me. Ah, praise the Lord. I remember when you didn't, have, you didn't have nothing. You didn't have nothing. You didn't know Genesis from Revelation. You didn't know Adam from Noah. And now you sit in here with your arms all folded. I want to preach to somebody that's still hungry, somebody that is desperate, somebody that believes God. Yeah, I know you do. When God gets ready to bring you out, nothing can stop it. When God gets ready to bless you, nobody can stop it. You can't unturn it. He said, I will hasten it. I will perform it. I will make it come to pass. I will. It doesn't matter what a judge says. It doesn't matter what a lawyer says. 
You say, how do you know that? Well, I've walked down a few hallways of the justice system before. I've walked down the hallways of a justice system when somebody was facing an impossible situation and I was standing there when they should have got a sentence, but God sent mercy. Let me, let me just tell somebody sitting here, you better pray for mercy. You better pray for mercy. You say, well, they deserve judgment. So did you. So did you. And you better pray for mercy. Hey, I want the mercy of the Lord to be operating and activated in my life. When God gets ready to do it, it will be done. It was Israel that had overwhelming odds and opposition, overwhelming enemies, but the Lord said it's time. And I will do this swiftly. In the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. I'm, I'm trying to slow down. I want you to get it. He said, I will make it happen. Your relatives don't even know why all of a sudden their foot just got directed toward the house of the Lord. They don't, they don't even understand why they went to the closet and put on a suit. They don't even understand, but the Lord will make it happen. You don't even understand how you ended up in the church of the living. You shouldn't even be here this morning. You should be locked up. You ought to be in the hospital this morning, but God, he made it happen. He made it happen. He made it happen. I'm trying to get to preach, but I feel such a touch of God to somebody that is sitting here with impossible odds and an impossible diagnosis and an impossible relationship that you feel like it can never be rectified. I want to tell you, I, the Lord, will make it happen. Paul said that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone. Somebody shout everyone. Is there a better text in the whole Bible than that? Everyone. Somebody say everyone. Everyone. Every race. Every nationality. Every color. Every creed. Every Jew. Every Gentile. Those that are afar off. Those are perfect. Those who are imperfect. Those that are broken busted and disgusted. It said everybody. Everybody can come. Every, everybody can come. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what your problems are. It doesn't matter how many times you got knocked down and somebody he said it is the power of God to everyone. Just, this is an interesting text that I just added this morning, everyone that believes, everybody say, I believe. The only thing that disqualifies you from the promise of this text is unbelief. To everyone that believes, if you believe, the power of God is available to you this morning. This is interesting. I don't have time this morning to preach about this. 
It said, but to the Jew first. This promise came to the Jewish people first. Jesus was a Jew. It was the promise of God to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It came to the Jews first, not the Gentiles, not the Greeks. The promise was to the Jews first. They've always been God's chosen people. It's always been because God lifted up Abraham, ancient Abraham out of the Ur of the Chaldeans and God picked him and said, I'm choosing you to be the father of many nations. It said the promise came to the Jew first. Our salvation, the only reason that we are in the church is because the promise came to the Jews first. And then he said, and also to the Greeks or the Gentiles. That's a, look at your neighbor and say, that's me and you. I know you don't speak a whole lot of Greek, but you're Greek. To the Greeks, to the Gentiles, it was to everyone. And then it was to the Jews first. And then it was to the Greeks. And he goes on to explain that some of us, the branches that were broken off, there was this wild olive branch. You can read about how all of us who were not a people became a people. It was not our promise, but we got the promise. It was us that was sitting by the table when Jesus said, this bread is not meat for you, but somebody who stepped up that was a Gentile or a Greek that said, yes, Lord, that's true, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. I don't know about you, but a crumb's enough. You ain't gotta give me the whole loaf. I'll take the crumb and it'll be enough. He said, we were that wild olive branch that was grafting, grafted in among the others, now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree. And he said in Romans 11 and 18, don't be arrogant toward the branches. But remember, it was not you who supported the root, but the root that supports you. And I'm going to say this again. Don't rise up and be critical of the nation of Israel. Don't you rise up and be critical and speak about things that you do not understand and that I don't always understand. What you need to say is I'm just glad that I've been grafted in. I was a people that was not a people. I was, the Bible calls us like this. It, the Bible says that we were strangers of the covenants of promise, that we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, that we had no hope without God in the world. But now, you who were afar off are made nigh by the blood of the Lamb of the Lord Jesus and have been grafted in. We were not a people, but we are a people now. Somebody shout, now is the time. And Isaiah is picturing this prophecy, and I'm going to hasten because I want, to, I want to get and talk about what the Lord is doing in the country of Greece, but Isaiah and his prophecy is lining out the oppression and the evil that was going on. He said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, neither is his ear heavy, ear dull that he cannot hear. You can find all of the preceding narrative in Isaiah chapter number 59, that leads us up to the promise of this text. 
It was in Isaiah that said we wander around. We're groping in darkness like those who are blind that they have no eyes. And we stumble as those who are noon. He said we're like dead men. The Bible said that he wondered why there was no man and he wondered why there was no intercessor. And then the Bible tells us something beautiful within this text. God looked around. He, he looked around for somebody who would be an intercessor. He looked around for somebody that would stand in the gap. He looked around for somebody that would work it all out. And then he says this, my own arm has done it. He said, I've done it by my own arm, my own strength and my power. God, as the young people would say, God flexed. Hey, when God flexes on you, get ready for something good to happen in your life. He said, I brought about, this is not my words, this is what the Bible said. He said, then my own arm brought about salvation. And he put on righteousness as a breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. And he's talking about this future glory and victory. And then he says, arise and shine. For light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, there was darkness, darkness of the people. But all of a sudden, somebody shout, but. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. I want to tell somebody that is listening, don't put your head in the sand. Lift up your head. Lift up your face because the glory of the Lord is covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. I want you to raise your hands right now all across this building if you believe what I'm saying. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, it's every, shout, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. I know you see it every week, but I was watching these young men get baptized last Sunday. It never gets old for me. I watched Jeremiah baptize a brand new man, and when he came out of that water, the smile that was on his face, I thought, the glory of the Lord is in Modesto. The glory of the Lord is in Athens. The glory of the Lord is in Texas. The glory of the Lord is in Louisiana. The glory of the Lord is covering the earth. Most of you know, just a week or so ago, I was in that magnificent city, that ancient city of Athens. What a historical place. What a biblical place. What a majestic place. They got some images now to put on the screen of the Acropolis. When you, when you see this in person, I know that the pictures are not going to do it justice, but when you see it in person and you think about it and you walk among these columns, this historical and cultural center of ancient Greece, and you think about when you read the book of Acts, you think about it in an entirely new light, that that was a city that the apostle Paul was in. And then the iconic, do they have a picture of the Parthenon that's dedicated to the goddess of Athena? I don't know if they have a picture of that. But sitting, sitting on top of this high mountain was this ancient city that the apostle Paul transversed the steps of this city. It was there that the Athenians would reason among themselves, the Stoics, and they would ask, is there anything new that was happening? 
They were the intellectuals. They were the people that would reason among themselves. There's a picture of it at night. They're high on that hill. This symbolized the city's power and democracy. It was Paul was actually in Athens, and you can read that in Acts chapter 17 and verse 16. The Bible says that when Paul was waiting for them in Athens, that his spirit was provoked within him as he saw the whole city that was full of idols, and they took him and brought him there to the Acropolis, or some translation says to Mars Hill, and the Bible said that Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill, Acts 17 and 22, and he said, you men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. You have a picture of Mars Hill? It's still there. In Greek, and if Ellie was here right now, she could read that to you. In Greek, she'll be here on Friday. Paul stood there in Mars Hill and preached about the unknown God. The unknown God that the altars that you Athenians have made to, you have built an altar to an unknown God. It was the apostle Paul who stood where I'm standing and said, we know who that unknown God is. The God that you don't know about. We know what his name is. We know that at the name of Jesus, that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess of things in heaven and things in the earth. We know who that unknown God is and his name is? His name is? It was right there that Paul preached Acts 17, where he said, I passed along and observed your objects of worship, and I found also an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, I proclaim to you. God has exalted him and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things on the earth and things under the earth and that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him because he is not far. Somebody say he's not far. Come on, shout that at him. Say he's not far. Look at your neighbor and say he's not far from any one of us. I feel like I need to tell somebody he's not as far as you think he is. He's not far from you. He's not far from me. He's not far from your situation, your circumstance. He's not far from your concern. He's not far from your brokenness. And it was there in Acts 16 and 10 that Paul had seen a vision immediately to go to the countryside of Macedonian, to the Macedonians, and he called us to preach the gospel there. And in Acts 16 and 12, from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonian, to the Roman colony, we remained in the city some certain days. And I want them to put the pictures of Philippi. That is the ancient ruins of the city of Philippi. 
Next image. That jail is where Paul converted the Philippian jailer. They got another image of that. We looked in and we wanted to get as close as we could get and think about that it was in that spot right there that Paul was used by God to write some of the greatest books and letters in the entire Bible. And some people say, well, I don't know if I can go to church on Sunday. Think about that for a minute. It was right there in Acts 16, 25. And about midnight, somebody say midnight. midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Put that, put that, that picture back on the, uh, the screen. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. And the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. I want to tell you, prayer and worship can still open up the prison doors. Do I have any worshiping people? Do I have any praying people that still can open up the prison doors? Prayer and worship sets people free. Prayer and worship looses people. I want to tell you, if we do anything around here for this missions conference, we ought to be praying and we ought to be worshiping. Now, I know you're going to come in. You're going to have on a brand, some of you are going to have a brand new tie on. Maybe have on a brand new dress maybe some brand new shoes. I'm going to tell you, if you can't shout in those shoes, leave them at home. If you can't worship in that dress, leave it at home. If you can't worship in a brand new suit, then leave it at Macy's or Dillard's. I want you to come in here. I want you to be praying. I want to be worshiping. I want to be giving God our absolute best. Now is the time. Clap your hands if you believe that. Now. So we prayed and we worshiped there and then the Bible records on the Sabbath day, Acts 16 and 13. I, I, want to, I want to share this with you because this is exciting. On the Sabbath day, Paul said that they went outside the gate to the riverside. Now, what's interesting about this is you can, you can walk. It wouldn't be that far. You can walk from the city of Philippi. And Brother Bernard was walking down the same road that the Apostle Paul had written, uh, walked down and he had talked to us all about it. On the Sabbath day, Paul said they went to the gate of the riverside and there was a place of prayer and they spoke to the woman who had come together and heard there was a woman named Lydia, a seller of purple goods who was worshiping, 
a worshiper of God, and the Lord opened up her heart to pay attention to what, to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized, everybody say she was baptized. Go back to the river. Right here. I know I'm putting, I'm, I'm working Noah pretty hard now. He's doing, give Noah a hand clap. He's doing a good job. And after she was baptized, everybody say baptism. And her household as well. She urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Now go to the next image. So we had a service where Lydia, the seller of purple, was baptized. And we said, is there anybody that has never been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus? Next verse. And so we baptized somebody. In the name of Jesus, where Lydia was baptized in Acts chapter 16. I want to tell somebody that the glory of the Lord is covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. God is pouring out his spirit. Come on, somebody. Now is the time. In that ancient city, in that place, in that country of Greece that was against God, God is pouring out of his spirit. And in services, we were in many services, I, I want them to, there was a, a woman who was working in the service that was there just helping as we had three nights of church, I think it was five services. Do you have, a, you have that? you have any sound of that? You say, you say, Pastor, why is this important? I want to tell you, if you go to the country of Greece, the people of that country can be a little standoffish. But we watched as the glory of the Lord filled that service and the power of God descended in that service. And while the word of the Lord was being preached... This young, this woman was standing in the back. She didn't understand everything that was going on. But when the altar call was given and said, is there anybody that would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time? She walked down to the altar. She raised her hands and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God was poured out in that service on the last days. I want to tell somebody that is in this service, right now is the time. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. If God is pouring out his spirit like that there, what is God going to do here? 
What is God going to do now? I want, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I do not believe the best days are behind us. I believe the best days are in front of us. I believe your best is coming. I believe your best is coming. I know you've been through a lot. I know we've survived a lot. I know we've survived a pandemic. I know we've been through a lot. But I want to tell you, God is not finished pouring out his spirit in the last days. He did it there, and God is going to do it here. Come on, raise your hands right now all over this building. I want you to stand and I want you to raise your hands with me right now all over this building. Come on, raise your hands right now all over this building. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how easy this is going to be, how God's getting ready to pour out His Spirit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how it's going to happen. Come on, raise your hands. I know some of you are... Some of you are tuned in and some of you are uninterested. But I'm going to show you how God is getting ready to pour out his spirit. God's getting ready to confirm what I preached. From the front to the back, all these, all new people in this service. God's going to pour out his spirit. God's going to fill people. With the Spirit of God, people are going to be baptized. Lives are going to be changed. Now is the time. Now is the time. Now is Today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. We're not waiting to next week. We don't know if we'll be here next week. We don't know if we'll have a service next week. We don't know. Now is the time. Now is the time. I want the musicians to come. I want you to watch how easy this is going to be. How God does it. If you want God to let his glory come on you. The glory of the latter house. You want God's spirit to just fall on your life from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. You want to be a brand new person. The Bible said if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things are made new. You say, I want, I want that. If God will fill a Greek woman who does not understand English or Spanish with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God can fill me with His Spirit. I want you to come stand. Just come stand right here, quickly. I want you to watch. Here they come. Look, just like this. Easy. Look, thank you, brother. Look, my friend. Watch, watch. Here they come. You want God to fill you with His Spirit. I want you to look. Come on, who else? Just say, I want the glory of the Lord to come over me. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what, this is the first altar call. People that, before we open it all the way up, there won't be room for everybody. Now I want, 
If you don't need it, now I'll, I'll open it up for you in just a minute. I want, because I, I, I want, I want you to see how, how God's going to confirm what I just said. Not because it's me. Oh, I just want you to confirm what I want you to see what God's going to do. Anybody else? Let's make room for the new people. Come on now. If, come on. If you're new, come on now. It's okay. It's okay. Come on. It's all right. Come close. It's all right. Anybody else? I want to give people in the balcony a chance to come. Sometimes we gather in and we don't give people enough time. You're, you're getting ready to see everything I preached. Come on down. Yeah. Gathering. It's family time. Yeah. Somebody say God is good. Is, is anybody happy? Is anybody excited? Why well, is this going to be so easy? I need some pulpit staff. I need a pulpit staff to be ready. I need, I need a men and women who know how to pray. Now, well, I, this is how this is going to happen. It's going to be so easy. It's going receiving just like that woman received is easy. Okay, because the number one thing you need is hunger. You have to believe, and you have to be repentant. Just like, Lord, I just clean my heart, make my heart clean. I'm sincere. I don't want to sin anymore. I want to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. Forgive me of my past sin. I want to be a brand new person, okay? And that can happen. It's going to happen quickly, quickly. Now, I want to see who, who I'm talking to. Just if you, if you're here and you're saying, I want to just be a, I want to be, Refilled or refilled? I want you to wave your hand at me so I can see. Because I want to see. Starting right, I want some of these. Okay, right here we got a young man. You want to be filled, refilled with the Spirit, refilled with the Spirit. It's going to happen for you. It's going to happen for you. Okay, look at, look, I want y'all to look at Pastor because this is how it's going to happen. This is important. You have to open your mouth. You got to go, I believe. I want you to say, I believe. I believe, because you must, everybody say, I believe. You must believe that you're going to be filled with the Spirit this morning. You're going to be filled to the overflow. You got to be, if you don't believe that God's going to give it to you, you won't be filled to the overflow, okay? All right, now, here's what, we, we got about 25 people. We've got about 25 that want what this Greek woman received in that service, we got about 25 right here. Same God, same thing's going to happen. I believe everybody's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody's going to speak in other tongues. Now listen, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to slow it way down. You're gonna, we're going to repent together. And we're going to just simply ask the Lord to forgive us. When we raise our hands, we're going to raise our hands. The reason we do that, it's a sign of surrender and submission. Just say, I'm surrendering, and you're going to open your mouth. You're going to begin to just tell the Lord hallelujah because that's the highest praise. It's the highest praise. And as you say hallelujah, you're going to, your tongue is going to start dancing in your mouth. It's going to sound like a, a baby. It's going to be a stammering lip. It's going to be another language. It's going to flow right out of you, and you'll be speaking in other tongues. You'll feel joy. You'll feel joy that just sweeps up. You're going to feel brand new. You're going to feel like a new creature. And if you haven't been baptized, we want to baptize you in Jesus' name. So I want this whole congregation to say, I believe. I believe. I want everybody to bow your heads in front of the Lord. 
Now, Lord, I'm preaching from the same Bible. You're the same God, the same Bible. You're the same God in Athens, Greece, as you are in Modesto, California, and you're not a respecter of persons. And I ask you, Lord, today to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, every sinful, and I want y'all to pray with me, those in the altar, but I want you to do it in your own way, every sinful desire, everything that's opposite of you, every anger, hostility, lust and pride, everything that would would hinder you filling up this vessel. I want it I want all the imp, the bad things out of the vessel and I want you to put all the good things in the vessel. I want you to forgive me, Lord, for all of my sins, sins that I've known about, sins that I have not known about. I want you to forgive me. Now I want you to pray this with me. Say, Lord, please forgive me of all of my sins. Everything in my past Everything in my present, I want to be filled with your spirit. I want you to wash me. I want you to make me a new creature. I want to have joy in my life. I want to have an overflowing, victorious experience. I want to be filled with the spirit of Christ today, right now, in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to raise your hands right now. All across this building, I want you to begin to say hallelujah. Come on, say hallelujah, open your mouth. I need some altar workers right now. This man speaking in tongues. Come on, that's it, let your tongue go. Come on, right now, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I need some altar workers now. I need people to come pray now. Now. She's speaking in tongues. In the name of Jesus. Thank God. That's it. That's the Holy Ghost. That's it. Let your tongue go. She's speaking in other tongues right now. 